Hello all and welcome to episode 2 of the podcast. This is, and indeed I am, the Dream Filter. In episode 1 we talked about the religion of naturalism, the belief system that there's a so-called natural explanation for the creation of the universe and our very existence. I did not seek to debunk it, but rather to make it clear that it's just one of many religions to gain traction across the globe. In this episode, I will continue to discuss and ultimately conclude our focus on the topic before moving on to something else next week. If you didn't catch last week's episode, I suggest you have a listen to it now before moving on to this particular episode. But if you couldn't be bothered, you couldn't be bothered. Without further ado, let's launch right back into this thing. It's time to address another fake argument often presented by the naturalist fundamentalist, namely, that virtually all great scientists accept evolution as the origin of life. On the one hand, most Western scientists these days are Darwinists. They are paid by the globalist governmental system to promote it. However, there are a minority who don't believe Darwinism is supported by the evidence, and apparently more who won't admit it out of fear of losing their jobs, which can and has happened. You could look into this yourselves. For starters, you might wish to check out an online petition titled A Scientific Descent from Darwinism. If you're open-minded enough to have a look, it's at descentfromdarwin.org. I read you a quote from the bottom of the homepage, which may or may not still be there by the time you check it out for yourself. I found it important to sign this statement because I believe intellectual freedom fuels scientific discovery. If we as scientists are not allowed to question, ponder, explore, and critically evaluate all areas of science but forced to comply with current scientific orthodoxy, then we are operating in a mood completely antithetical to the very nature of science. Dr. Rebecca Keller, Biophysical Chemistry. For an update on how it stood as of early 2019, I recommend an article from February 12th of that year by Lindsay Elizabeth of www.one.cbn.com slash CBN News, the Christian Broadcasting Network. Yes, of course this outlet is biased in favor of creation or intelligent design. Do you really think that mainstream media is not biased in favor of Darwinism? The title of this piece is 1000 Scientists Publicly Signed Descent from Darwinism Statement. It's well written and with numerous links included if you wish to research the contents further for yourself, but we move on. Great scientists who have rejected Darwinism include Sir Isaac Newton and Robert Boyle. And yes, in later life, one Albert Einstein clearly came to believe in an intelligent designer, although he didn't necessarily decide on who or what it may have been. Take these two quotes for instance. Everyone who is seriously committed to the cultivation of science becomes convinced that in all the laws of the universe is manifest a spirit vastly superior to man and to which we with our powers must feel humble. Another famous quote of his was, Science without religion is lame, religion without science is blind. If you're an atheist who is bent on confirmation bias, you will no doubt find a way to twist what was expressed by Einstein so it can fit better into your narrow, closed-minded view of the world. Denial is a powerful force. That aside, I have a question to anyone who has an open mind. So, you think you're smarter than Einstein, do you? Please remember, I'm not here to debunk evolution as the origin of life. In fact, my prior question was asked in a rather tongue-in-cheek manner. 
This is the same kind of question smugly posed by naturalist fundamentalists. So, think you're smarter than Richard Dawkins, do you? Or, think you're smarter than Stephen Hawking, do you? Firstly, smart is relative. While such men might have great scientific minds, there would be many, many human endeavors which they are completely clueless and ignorant about. They're not God. Every one of us has certain knowledge and mental expertise that Dawkins, Hawking, and yes, even Einstein have never, or never, possessed. Granted, when it comes to science, people like these three are heads and shoulders above most of us, including myself. But this does not mean that we should outsource our views on human origins to scientists, most of whom are biased, have an axe to grind, and are prone to groupthink. Don't be so unthinking, for no one has monopoly on the story of our origins. I wish to share with you an analogy. I invented it myself to demonstrate how, even though a scientist may have a superior scientific mind to the average Jew, it gives them no advantage in the quest for the knowledge of how it all began, and why we're here. Imagine that, for the sake of this analogy, there is a small island in the middle of a vast, hypothetical ocean. There are three people on the island. One is a fully trained, professional, long-distance swimmer. The other is an average swimmer. The third person is a wise individual who tells them, we are in the middle of an unimaginably vast ocean. The nearest island is one million kilometers away. On that island is everything you could ever need to know including a secret of existence and human origin. But I will not reveal to you the direction of the island. You have to choose for yourself. Go. Swim. To cut a long story short, the average swimmer makes it about two kilometers before they flounder and drown. The professional swimmer makes it about 50 kilometers before they too flounder and drown. The professional has gotten much further, but in reality, the goal is so impossibly far away that his or her training and background did not give any meaningful advantage in terms of actually reaching the goal. Furthermore, the professional was just as clueless as the amateur about which direction to take. Maybe they chose the wrong direction while the amateur chose the right one. Conversely, maybe the professional was indeed swimming in the right direction while the amateur was not. The third alternative, which, mathematically speaking, is easily the most likely of all, was that both were swimming in the wrong direction. In any case, unless they were completely delusional, neither of them could have claimed with supreme confidence to have known the right direction in which to swim. Overall, professional background or lack thereof did not have any meaningful impact on the hopelessness of the task they had undertaken. Do you understand my analogy? If not, there are three possible explanations. A. It was not a good analogy. Quite a possibility. B. You're a Darwinist supremacist who has been triggered by my comments. C. A mixture of both. My next point is one that a great many people really don't appreciate. In some respects, we do live in a wondrous era when it comes to technological advancements. But it is obvious that a lot of people, especially those who consider themselves educated, have the false idea that they, themselves, are enlightened just because of this day and age. Do you know what percentage of people are really, genuinely, truly responsible for our technological advancement in society? It's approximately 2% of the population at any given time during a period of such advancement. The rest are generally consumers of one type or another. I'm perfectly happy to confess to you here and now that I do not belong to the 2%. 
I'll tell you someone else who most assuredly does not belong to the 2%, Richard Dawkins. And when I say Richard Dawkins, I merely use him as a prototype. Yes, he has done very well for himself and amassed a good amount of fame and fortune as have many other people in various ways. But beside promoting the state religion of naturalism, what is his major contribution? Answer? Nothing in particular. To merely promote a religion, no matter which one it is, does not place you anywhere near that approximate figure of 2%. In fact, if a definitive non-biased list would be drawn up, you would not find many, if any, people on it simply because of their promotion of a certain faith. This is not an attack on moderate naturalists. As with any religion, it's the fanatics that are the problem. You, though, may well be a clever, open-minded individual who has looked at all of the available evidence and have chosen to have faith in the Big Bang and evolution as the origin of life. And you may be honest enough to say that no one has a monopoly on the story of our origins and would therefore be happy for the theory of evolution to share an equal focus with intelligent design in school curriculum, the so-called scientific community, and corporate mainstream media. Sounds good in theory, but wherever there are humans, you get agendas, you get corruption, you get groupthink, and you get so much of what's wrong with our world. Oh, but not in the scientific community, right? No, it's the exception. It's noble. It's pure. Everything changes. Everything. Beliefs have always risen, had some time in the sun, then declined. It has always happened. But many people think that because they're living here and now, their belief, the theory of evolution, is it. The nut has finally been cracked for all time, they seem to think. If Western civilization is still existing in 300 years from now, what's going to be regarded as the ultimate explanation about our origins? What will be the main religion pushed by Western civilization? Do you really think it will still be Darwinism? Literally everything else comes and goes, except for Darwinism. It's right because it's my one, or your one, or our one. Everything changes, everything comes and goes. Eventually, everything is discarded. But not Darwinism. It'll stay forever, right? Do you really have no idea how insane this sounds? What about being truly open-minded? I personally know two people who are not Christian, neither believes in any deity, but nor do they believe in Darwinism. In fact, they see it as fairy tale nonsense. Is your mind unable to grasp that, sometime down the track, another, totally different explanation of our origins may rise? Look, it's fine to have your beliefs and convictions, I certainly have mine. But once you're going all militant about it, demanding a monopoly on the narrative, you're making the world worse than it already is. It's seemingly impossible that we are even here at all. Whether there is a creator who has always existed, something which no one has the mental capacity to truly comprehend, or whether there was a Big Bang and, somehow, non-living matter became living and eventually evolved into humans, a miracle was needed. If it wasn't supernatural, at bare minimum, it was unquestionably unnatural. Our very existence is implausible, is it not? Why should you hate others just because they have a different belief about our origins? Remember, no one has monopoly on the narrative. Science has given us much, but once you assume that naturalism must be able to explain the origins of our existence, you undoubtedly practice an unproven and unprovable religious belief, rightly or wrongly. But with so many faiths and creeds across the globe, which can't all be correct, 
mathematics is against you, as it is also against me and my faith, if looked at in a strictly literal sense. If we could all respectfully agree to disagree on the story of our origins and sideline the odious militants that each of us has within our faiths, the world would be a much better place. Here's the crux of the entire matter. What's of utmost importance is not what you think, but how you think. Do you just blindly swallow whatever you're told at school or by the mainstream media? If so, I fear for you. You would appear to be asleep and incapable of critical thought. If you are a hardcore Darwinist supremacist, then, pathetically, it must be said, I already know your view on almost every political or social issue. Isn't it pitiful that some, indeed most people, cannot judge a single issue on its merits, but have had programmed into them what is permissible to believe and what is not? To which category do you belong? Do you judge things on a case-by-case basis, or are you fed your beliefs with a spoon? Are you somewhere in the middle? Granted, to know that I am a Christian who believes in the Bible, you would probably be able to predict what quite a lot of my views are too. But certainly not all of them, given that I like to try, at bare minimum, to weigh things up individually and not succumb hopelessly to the groupthink of one form or another, even if I have to sit on the fence from time to time and admit openly that I don't have all the answers. Every single one of us has been programmed to a certain extent. Those unable to admit such a thing about themselves are also those that have been the most comprehensively programmed. After all, does the average citizen of North Korea really know they have been brainwashed? Did the average citizen of Hitler's Germany or Stalin's Russia? Who are the biggest liars on our globe today? As to the level or potency, it's impossible for anyone to judge in a truly objective manner. But as to which institution has the largest captive audience with which to spread propaganda, one party is undisputed champion. The government. And when I say government, establishment media and arm of government is very much included. Oh, and for the record, what has been the biggest global cause of premature death over the previous century? Government. Oh, but in the West we have democracy and a free press. Many people really believe this. Kids who believe in Santa at least have an excuse because they're innocent. But as for the many people who still believe that we have a democracy and a free press, no excuse. That is all for today. Remember, question everything, do your own research, keep a healthy, open mind, and above all, never forget, you've been given an intellect, so use it. Goodbye.